Hello, everybody, and welcome to So Get This, a Supernatural Podcast, a podcast where I, your local caffeine addict, have not had coffee today. <laughs> so I can't... Ooh, what the fuck? So I... I don't know how this episode's gonna go. I took Advil in preparation because I'm gonna get a headache, like, like quick. It's not even that early in the day, but I'm... It's earlier than I usually record because I'm doing it... I'm doing that because I... I know that this is going to get so much worse by the end of the day. I'm going to have a really bad headache in like a couple hours and I might need to take a nap, honestly. So I figured let's, let's, let's get this show on the road. I almost said this road on the show. (laughs) Also, I'm recording this now because I really want to watch last night's Supernatural because I didn't get to. I saw the first like couple minutes of it, but then the streaming service I was watching like fucked up. So I was like, you know what? I can't go through the stress again. If if you listen to my last episode reacting to the season 15 premiere, you know that I had a whole ass meltdown when I missed the first 10 minutes because the streaming thing fucked up. So I was like, you know what? We're not going to stress. We're not going to stress. I'm going to shut this off and we can watch it tomorrow. So I am, I can't go on social media right now. And I didn't want to watch the new episode without recording because then I'd have that on the brain instead of the episode at hand, (laughs) which is, by the way, season one, episode nine, home. I'll get, I'll get into it later, but I might go as far to say this might be one of my favorite episodes. I don't know if it always was, but like, Watching it now, like, it just hits different. I watched this on, like, Tuesday, which was a couple days ago, and I I wanted so bad to, like, record right after because I was so, like, I felt so, like, intense and emotional over it. I was like, I, I want to record, but I didn't trust myself because I love the episode so much and it would take up so much of my time, and I literally had a job interview, like, two hours after I finished watching it, and I was like, I can't. I can't, I don't trust myself to be done in time. I, I'm, I'm going to talk my ass off about it, which is this entire show. So let's get started. I'm going to read the episode description from the DVD box without um, any of the discs falling out on me today. Oh, or maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn. There were um, extended scenes on this, on this episode. I didn't watch them because I didn't watch it on the DVD. And I never know when there's extended scenes until after when I'm recording and looking at the box and it has a little scissor next to it. Oh, wow. I actually didn't notice this. Like, I didn't notice it when I was watching on Netflix. The episode Home was actually written by Eric Kripke, which was, you know, the creator. Um, (laughs) uh, It was directed by Ken Girardi and it originally aired on November 15th, 2005. So, the episode description on the DVD box says, After 22 years, Sam and Dean return to their childhood home. Now another beautiful young mother lives there, and if Sam's nightmares are correct, she may be threatened by the same evil that killed Mary Winchester. That's interesting, because they specifically say another beautiful young mother lives there, so they're like directly making the comparison to Mary. And while I was watching it, I didn't know that it said that. And I was like, was this on purpose? Like, did they purposely make her, like, similar in certain, like, physical attributes to Mary? Or, like, was it just a coincidence? But now I see that they might have had that in mind, at least. (laughs) The Netflix description says, 
Sam is haunted by a vision of a woman trapped in the brother's childhood home and convinces a reluctant Dean that they need to go back there. Um, I'd say both are good, like, descriptors, but I feel like I kind of like, I think I kind of like the Netflix one a little better this time because, I don't know, I kind of, like, enjoyed having, like, the mystery and the ability to think about, like, whether or not this woman was supposed to, like, directly represent or, like, resemble Mary. I don't know. There was something about, like, it being said in the description that, like, like, I'm kind of glad it confirmed it a little, but also, like, it's, like, fun to, like, really think about it instead of just being told that. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So, of course, the episode opens up in Lawrence, Kansas. So, um... We see... I don't think we see... Do they show the outside of the house in, like, the first scene? Like, are we supposed to know that it's their house, like, at that point? Or do we know... Do we realize that after Sam realizes it? So, we see the woman who... I think her name was Jenny. Uh, crying. Oh, she... Like, we see, like, all these, like, boxes and shit. Like, making it seem like they just moved in. And she is, like, crying over a wedding picture. So, we're supposed to, like guess at that point that her husband is dead and they moved away (laughs) while she's having her her moment the daughter comes in and she's like bitch there's something in my closet and like she my mom would have been like fuck off there's nothing in your closet go to bed she jenny actually like went up and like opened the closet and was like i don't see anything even though you could tell if she felt like it was a little redundant because like i guess we're supposed to just assume they've done this before like over and over again i don't know if the daughter says it or or like if it's just the vibe but she she doesn't she doesn't like the house that they just moved into and like i trust her like i get it she feels like the vibe of the house and and stuff i've had that with places i've moved into um and like it ended up being like kind of true not necessarily in like a ghosty way but like i knew that something was was up and especially in like supernatural instances instances on this show like you i i'm always gonna trust the kid they always know what the fuck they're talking about and it's always the adults that are like stop it tommy (laughs) there's no monster and then they're all dead so then the the little girl makes um jenny put uh i hope her name is jenny and i'm not just saying jenny over and over again for the beginning of this episode um she she makes her put the chair in front of the closet door so it stays closed and like that's extra but also me as fuck like (laughs) i i feel like i've done some like wild things at night to be like just so just so we're sure here guys so then she goes back downstairs to unpack and she hears something y'all hear some (laughs) And she goes down to the basement to check it out, which, like, classic. And before she goes down, she said, she says, please, God, don't let it be rats. And, like, I was gonna say, like, careful what you wish for, but I think I would honestly rather have a poltergeist instead of rats. <laughs> that sounds fucked up. But, like, I don't know. I'm not a creepy crawly bitch. We've had this conversation. (laughs) Please refer back to the bugs episode where I was just vomiting the entire time. So then the scene goes back and forth between her in the basement and the daughter upstairs. The daughter's upstairs. The fucking chair moves. And then um, the mom finds a dusty box in the basement. 
And the first thing pulled out is a picture of John fucking Winchester. And I was already crying. Like, <laughs> for someone who, who like, talked so much shit about John. Like, I was like, oh my god. It made me so emotional. Because they were a family. He wasn't always shit, you know? And, like, we get more of a taste of that, like, as time goes on, like, in the show. Like, we know he wasn't always, like, Mr. Deadbeat. So, the chair moving woke up the girl and she sees the closet doors just start opening and like girl get out get out of there why are you still in there that's that's my question why is she why is she just chilling i would have uh, maybe i wouldn't have i don't know like I, i'd like to think i think we'd all like to think that we'd like run for the hills but sometimes like your instant response is to just freeze up and like that's okay but also like this girl knew that shit was gonna go down oh then she starts pulling out pictures of john and mary and the boys and i i was losing it it says the winchesters and little sammy on the back of it and i wanted to fucking cry uh even though one of the pictures because like it's obviously them in a lot of the pictures pictures of um uh, John and Mary, like, it's clearly pictures of the actual, like, actors that play them, and, um, and then, like, little kids, and, but the one picture that they kept showing of the four of them together, it did not look like Jeffrey D. Morgan in the picture, and, like, it's a little dark in the shot, so I couldn't tell, but, like, when we see it again later on, it's, like, yeah, I don't think it was him, but also maybe he just looked a little different in that picture, I don't know, I don't think it was him, which is, odd only because they're in the other pictures so all of a sudden a like a fiery ghost walks out of the closet and it has that like ghost sound you know and then this the shot ends with like the little girl screaming because the fiery bitch is walking towards her um and then we get the supernatural title card which i have probably already talked about in other episodes because it's the same one all season but like i forgot how simple and basic it was because not in a bad way because um right after um season 15 premiered i saw a twitter thread analyzing the the new one the season 15 title card and it is so like fucking intricate and like I know that they all get more, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. They all get more as they go on. You know what I mean? The title cards. But, like, this one, like, someone really broke it down and was like, this symbolizes this, and this is this, and that's that. And I was like, dude, that's so, like, extra, but, like, that's great. Like, <clears throat> oh, my God. But, yeah, I just know it's interesting going from, like, the wild fucking season 15 title card to the simple simple little one so after the title card we flash to like the house and it zooms in on the on the window on, on like the top floor and there's a woman banging on it it's the same woman from the scene we just saw prior and then oop, it's sam's nightmare he pops up out of bed and, and like he rose with a clatter what the <laughs> That's funny because the scene of her banging on the on the window, like on the top middle room, it always weirdly reminded me of like the Twas the Night Before Christmas book. Specifically the pop-up book I had as a kid. It is so old and torn now. But like there was there's like a when he like throws himself out the not throws himself out the window. Oh my god. <laughs> when he like 
pokes his head out the window. It's like on the top floor and it kind of looks similar to her banging on the window. I don't know. <laughs> These were associations I made when I was like eight years old. So bear with me. But so Sam was seeing that in his nightmare, specifically her like banging on the window and stuff. And it starts. I, I before this, I kind of forgot about Sam's whole like psychic powers that that like come into play like in the earlier seasons like like way early seasons and like kind of miss it so then after he gets up he's like doing some like sick tree drawing uh which was the tree that was in his dream i guess next to the house and dean's like surfing the web for a hunt and like sam's just not listening because you know he's a little busy and, and like no one cares but Sam's wallpaper is still the same as it was in like the first episode and we love consistency. At this point at the bottom of the screen it said guest starring Jeffrey and Dean Morgan and I guessed because I think I forgot that he made an appearance in the end and like we usually just see him in flashbacks and they don't write guest starring for that so it, that fucked me up. Sometimes it's it's nice to like be super familiar with like actors names so when you see guest starring so-and-so it's like oh my god they're gonna be in this episode that's so exciting but sometimes it's like it's it's fun to be surprised but like i can't unlearn people's names not specifically this episode but like other like this episode and others like it like last night when i started watching um the new episode last night uh like a bunch of names just came up on the screen at the bottom guest starring that they and people we hadn't even seen in like a long time and i was like oh, like one after another i was like oh my god oh my fucking god i was like they're gonna be in it and like my mom doesn't know like the like she knows like the like jensen Ackles and jared Padalecki and like misha and stuff but like she she, like the the names that came up she has no idea like she wouldn't have known their names and she's like see she's like you she's like you know the actors names she's like so you so like that's like more exciting for you right now i'm like oh, yeah and i'm like I'm, and she and she was like what like what i think my niece asked like what what who it was gonna be and i was like you know what i was like it's probably better if you're surprised like i mean i guess sometimes it's fun to see the name and have the excitement like i'm not complaining that like i know people's names because like that's that's a little silly but like i and like i wouldn't change that but like i wouldn't if someone else isn't as like hyper into the show i would still let them have that element of surprise you know so there's something about like seeing someone's name guest starring that can be exciting but also can be like it would also be way more exciting if you just saw their face pop up in the episode like that's fucking excitement <laughs> Which we haven't watched last night's episode. So now she's probably thinking, like, who the fuck's going to be in the episode? And I'm sitting here like, oh, girl, so many people, apparently. <laughs> so anyway, so Dean's um, still serving the web and stuff. And he, like, is giving cases out to Sam. And he says uh, that a man shot himself in the head three times. And, like, when he said three times, he shows the number three on his fingers but, like, he uses his last three fingers, like, his pinky, middle, and ring finger. And, like, there's just something, like, chaotic about that energy. And, like, we love it. Also, jewelry. <laughs> when he stuck his hand out like that, he's got the bracelets. He's got the ring. He's just 
jewelry man chef's kiss love it so at this moment sam notices that the tree he's been drawing like repetitively is the tree that is in front of their like childhood home so that that was weird to think that like he would have no memory of the house or anything like i feel like if I mean, Dean was also really young. Wasn't he, like, four or something when, like, shit happened? He might be able to, like, like see the, the tree and be like, oh, shit, that's, that's from our house. Like, he has, like, some memories from the house, but Sam, like, literally has none. He wasn't even a year old. So, like, it's weird to think that, like, that's his, like, quote-unquote childhood home. He lived there for only, like, six months of his life and would have absolutely no like visual memory of it at all except for in the pictures and that's how he figures out that um the tree was was in front of the house so so then he he tells dean uh he's like i know we gotta go and dean's still like what the fuck are you talking about and uh he says back home back to kansas and bold of him to call it home but also sad Because, like, when you think of home, you think of, like, a substantial amount of years living there. Like, even people who move away from their childhood home, like, after, like, 18 years or whatever, and then they still come back and call that home. Like, even though, even if most of their life has also gone by, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but, like, it's, they only spent, like, a very little amount of time there, and that's sad. Um... uh, so it's sad for for Sam, of all people especially, to call it home because he literally, like I said, was there like six months. And they technically haven't had a home since. Like, they've been moving around. But they were never, in fact, homeless. <laughs> Dean kind of tries to play it off, like, funny. But you can already see, like, in his eyes that he's not down to do this. Like, there's, like, a flash of something and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, and I also forgot that um, that Sam is still the only one to know about his dream about Jessica dying before, before it happened. Like, the same exact way. So this all, like, was very, this whole scene was very, like, confessional. Like, I, and I didn't realize it until he started talking about it. Cause, cause Dean's like, why are we going off, like, a dream that you had? Like, what, what, how is this reliable? And he, he's like, sometimes they come true. And, like, felt that. But, um, and then it all just, like, comes pouring out of him. Now he's gotta, like, act on it because he didn't with Jess. And, he like regret <laughs> no regrets except hella regrets they're both and they're both so distressed in this scene and in this episode but in different ways oof like dean just looks so sad and then you tell me that i've got to go back home especially when when what when i swore to myself that i would never go back there and it hurts like watching this and sam's upset because like one all of this probably brings up not only like the childhood aspect of it because like of what happened to their mom there but also like it brings up the whole jesting because his psychic powers that he doesn't know are psychic powers are like coming into it at this point so he's like completely frantic we got to save this woman because I know what I'm talking about, but it's also, like, scary. And, like, Dean's sad because he's got to go into his childhood home where he was fucking traumatized. And, like, he did actually see what happened. And that obviously stuck with him in a way that it couldn't with Sam. Even though Sam was obviously looking up at Mary. He was six months old. There's no way he has any memory of that. So when, when Sam realizes that Dean is, like, really 
hurt over this he he goes from frantic to soft brother in like two seconds and that warms my heart but then but then dean goes from sad to like tough brother when he hears sam's change in voice and that breaks my heart that oh my god like that whole dynamic of their brotherly relationship so then they roll up to lawrence what up hometown um god i i feel like i'm not i feel like i'm not right right now (laughs) like without coffee i don't know there's something like i'm kind of awake but like a little weirdly delirious and it's it's noon there's no reason for this so um when they pull up sam immediately sees that it's the same woman when she like opens the door and uh after they knock on the door obviously did that need to be (laughs) explained like he immediately makes that like recognition dean tries to like lie and say that they're like fbi but like sam cuts him off and he's like we're sam and dean this was our home. We want to see the, the old place. What up? And Sam's decision not to lie about like their identity feels like Harry Potter when Harry wants to be himself when he goes to Godric's Hollow, where like where he was as a baby, and like it's kind of it's actually very similar now that I think of it, where like things happened to his parents in the house and he was a little baby. So, but I think that was only in the movies just just so we're clear i'm pretty sure it was only in the movies where he he was like i want to go to godric's hollow not disguise i want to be myself like i want to go back home as myself so i think that that that's similar i'd love to just make like a whole i should have made this podcast just dedicated to comparing and contrasting harry potter to supernatural because those are like two of my top favorite things for like my entire life so when they but then they walk into the house and dean is like so uncomfortable walking around it like he you could just see the difference in like his mannerisms he's usually so fucking cocky and even though we found out like a few episodes ago already that he like fucking hates himself uh he it's just his vibe never changed that whole time so it's just so different seeing him like completely like out of his element and caught off guard i'm gonna be real though i i wouldn't let two random men in my house even if they did live there before and like it was confirmed i like i get that she recognized the name winchester when they sat at the door because oh yeah because then she invites them in and, and says that she has the box of pictures that she found but like i get that she recognized the name but i still you don't know anything about these people and I guess I'm just more cautious. But this seems to be, like, an ongoing thing in episodes. Like, I think it was in Also Skin, uh, where I said this too, that, like, why would you let them into your home? When when Sari started explaining the thing in her closet being on fire, I got nauseous. Because, like, you see them, like, recognize, like, what the fuck, like, on fire. Like, fire is what they fucking associate with Mary's death because they still don't know anything about it. When I think about Mary's death, I don't always think about the fire. I mean, it's a key part of it, like the ceiling fire. But, like, not knowing anything else about it and what could have done it at all at this point, because they even say later on that, like, John never even shared his theories with them. So the fire is literally all they know about it and, like, her being on the ceiling. So, like, when they said, like, a, a being on fire, I wanted to, like, throw up. I'm like, oh, my God this is this is a lot (laughs) oh so at this point i realized that dean's been wearing flannel the whole episode and like 
are we finally committing to this? Like, are we finally getting flannel boys, you know, <laughs> the, the key part of Supernatural? Some might say the only important part. So when they leave the house, Dean is like so fucking bugged by it. And like, he's usually just so much more chill. Like, especially on cases, because he's like, yeah, what do we do? We're just going to fucking kill some monsters. That's it. And, like, he, unless someone's in, like, actual danger, he's, like, obviously intense. But, like, he's usually just like, yeah, fuck it. And, like, here, he, you could tell he's just so agitated over it. And then they have, like, a screaming match in front of her fucking house. Like, how do you, how do you do that? <laughs> like, she is obviously going to hear you. And, like, the neighbors, I don't know. It just seemed kind of stupid. Um, for someone who wants to get this woman to trust you so you can help her. Then we get, like, that weird transition into the gas station. Because, um, like, they're outside the house getting in the car. And they're like, what are we supposed to do? And then it jumps to the gas station. And he responds and says, we just got to chill out. That's all. I just thought it was uh, a little weird. Not a show that does transitions like that, really. I feel like when I think of, like very like specific transitions that I notice happening. I think of Stranger Things. They do that a lot on that show. Like like parallel type of transitions. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just weird seeing it on here and I don't think they really do that that often. I'm trying to stay hydrated so that I don't die while recording this, but it just means I'm gonna have to pee like a lot more during this. Especially since we're not even halfway through this episode and this is already really long. I don't know how long in terms of minutes because I use GarageBand, but I, it, I, it's a lot. Um, yeah, so Sam is, like, really anxious to get things moving because, like, he knows he's got something going on. Like, he is, like, he doesn't know exactly what it is, but because he knows something's happening, he's, like, freaking the fuck out because he's, like, this is not the first nightmare I've had that is, like, like starting to unravel and come true. So Dean says he doesn't remember much from... The night that it happened because he was like four but I mean of course it was a traumatic event so like it's something that he it obviously did stick with him just not completely fully yeah but how much do we know I mean how much do you actually remember about that night you mean yeah not much I remember the fire the heat Then I carried you out the front door. You did? Yeah, well, you never knew that? No. It's it's wild how we know that scene backwards and forwards, like, at this point. Like, for me at least, because I've seen it a million times, but at this point in the show, episode 9, we've seen that scene nine times over because we've seen the flashbacks at the beginning of every episode. So, like, we should know it very well and they're just getting around now to discussing it like sam never the way sam asks about like the night of you could tell that he's never really asked him about it and like sam didn't even know that dean carried him out and that's like a, an important detail and dean's like you didn't know <laughs> uh and like we all knew but like oh my god it's just so i'm not actually crying but i'm like i want to cry because like it's it's so oh my god so that was a bro mint then Dean says, you know, dad's story as well as I do, and that's fucked. Let's get into his apparently failures, failures again. The fact that they, I mean, like, I get, like, memorizing his story of how things went down because it is a very important moment in their lives, devastating but important. So I get, like, wanting to memorize it, but 
the way they phrase it makes it seem like John told them like a million times what happened. And I'm not saying he should hide what happened because obviously lying about what happened to Mary wouldn't have done any good for anybody. But at the same time, I feel like I can really picture John just telling this like story is like a bedtime story basically to them like all the time when they're kids because he's trying to figure it out himself and like yes be honest and truthful with, with your kids but there is like a line that you could cross possibly and I feel like John like most likely did that so they figure out that they gotta talk to whoever John knew from back then and it's crazy to think that they had a normal life there for years even if only John and Mary would remember that normal life because like they had like John like I'll get into it but John like had a like a long-standing job and co-workers and friends and like it's so weird to think that they like I don't know like they probably had people over at that house like before it happened it's just it's weird and like it's just Dean is just I'm gonna like keep reiterating the same fucking thing this whole episode but Dean is just taking it so hard he's so different this entire episode and after I watched it I'll probably read it word for word later but there was like a in like the fun facts for the imdb page which like it's not a fun fact actually but it says that this is kind of like the first episode where dean really shows like vulnerability in this way because technically in skin he wasn't the one showing the vulnerability it was the shapeshifter like dressed as him um even though what it said was like mostly truthful it still wasn't dean showing this like raw emotion um, and this next scene really fucking, like, sucker punched me. Like, it was a lot. So he, like, tells Sam he's gonna go to the bathroom, but he really, like, hides out behind the gas station to call John. And, like, ugh. Which, before I get into that, um, the phone numbers are different in more than one way. Um, because apparently, um, at the beginning of the show, like, in, like, the first, like, one of the first episodes... They call John, and I think it's actually the first episode. And in his voicemail, he says, um, if there's a problem, call my son, Dean. And he gives his number. And now in this episode, and I didn't remember, I don't, I didn't memorize the number, but it, I think I saw it on another, like, trivia fun fact thing or whatever the fuck. And uh, they said that the, the number said in this episode is different than the one he said in the previous episode, which either is like a continuity thing or it implies that John has been checking his phone and changed it according to Dean changing his number or something. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get too deep into that because that's, there's not really a way of us knowing that right now. But however, the numbers, the number John says is 866-907-3235. That's what we hear in this episode. The subtitles say 785-555-0179. Hold up one second. So I just went on IMDb and I was looking up, I was trying to find out, uh, I'm sure I could find it somewhere, but I was trying to see what the number was that John had said in the pilot episode and like, but it's not on the IMDb page. I'm sure I can find it somewhere, but I'm not trying to look that hard into it. I wanted to see if maybe like the person who wrote the subtitles 
had Googled the number. and fa- I don't know. I wanted to see what that mix-up was and see if any of them connected. But I did find on the on the trivia page on IMDb uh, for the pilot episode, it says in one version of the pilot script that Eric Kripke turned into the studio, the episode ended with the Winchester boys finding their dead dad on the ceiling. In another version of the pilot script, Sam suspected Dean of being a serial killer and of murdering their father. Dude, I'm like, I just got the chills. Can you imagine how fucking different the show would be if either of those two things happened? Whoa, that's a lot. That just like took me the fuck out. And like, that has nothing to do with this episode, but like, it has everything to do with everything. I gotta leave that window open. I gotta tell my mom that later. (laughs) Oh, and also apparently there was one that you were able to call back in the day i think it was specifically from this episode um uh one of the numbers that the john the number that john says i don't know if it was that one or the one from the earlier one either way there was a number that you were able to call and like jensen ackles had like recorded something as like a well just one of those fun call things where you um he says something like as dean it's like the uh what the fuck's his name soldier boy (laughs) the six seven eight triple nine eight two one two um it was just one of those like silly things where you call and like you don't have you can't leave a message or anything but you just hear like a someone's voice and then it hangs up um apparently that's no longer in service which is like a bummer uh but that that was good that's good i wish i would have been around for that um oh my god there's another one um Stranger Things season three, uh, at one point someone says Murray's number out loud. And, uh, I don't know if it's, it should still be available because that was only a couple months ago. You could call it and, um, and like Murray has like a whole thing, like speech planned out for his voicemail and then it hangs up for you. I I love shit like that. It's fun to like interact with things that are like in like that universe. I don't know. There's something really fun about that, but his voicemail to John just, it breaks my heart. Dad, I know I've left you messages before. I don't even know if you get them. But I'm with Sam, and we're in Lawrence. And there's something in our old house. I don't know if it's the thing that killed Mom or not. But I don't know what to do. So, whatever you're doing, if you could get here, please. I need your help, Dad. His voice breaking and crying, and I like I was really crying by the end of it because it's just so fucking like intensely emotional. Ugh. And then we go to the worst part of this entire episode the plumber scene jesus fucking christ when he walked in that house and he's like yeah i'll just check out your garbage disposal i was like no don't when i say i think about this scene every day of my life i am not exaggerating i literally have thought about this every day of my life because i use that garbage disposal every day no matter what apartment i lived in every day i use it and every day i think don't put your hand near there. You're going to end up like that dude on Supernatural. And mm, 
I don't know if my mom thinks about it every day, but she, there have been times where like a utensil falls down into like that side of the sink. And she's like, oh my fucking God. She's like, I have to put my hand in this. She's like, oh my God, I'm going to end up like the guy on Supernatural. This is going to be it. (sighs) So yeah. So the monkey starts like clapping and shit uh, while the plumber's doing his thing. And I know that it's a Stephen King reference, but uh, I can't help but like think of The Conjuring now when I see um, like the monkey clapping and stuff. Because wasn't there like a monkey in The Conjuring 2 and also in new Annabelle movie? I think it made an appearance as well. But yeah, that's what that makes me think of. Um, imagine like a supernatural Conjuring crossover fanfic. Um, someone write that. If not, uh, I'm on it. <laughs> Just kidding. Only not really. I literally had to look away from the scene. I, I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal with it. I already think about it enough. I didn't need to see it again. <laughs> but here we are. So then we go to the garage that John used to own with this dude. Which again, like, it just, like, shows, like, how much of a normal fucking life they had. Like, it's not like he just had a job there. He literally, like, owned the place. Like, he built, like, a relationship with this dude. Like, a business relationship, too. And it just... It's crazy. Uh, but they tell, they decide to tell this guy that they're cops. But the guy seems nice enough, like, that they could have been honest and say who they were. Like, he would probably want to tell John's boys stuff. Because he seemed to still, like, think fondly of John. Even though he basically says he, like, was on crack after a while. He says that John disappeared. But, like, did anyone ever suspect him in Mary's death? Because I sure as hell would have if I were in that town. He says that John was a stubborn bastard and like, yeah, we've been new. Um, But I guess they stuck around town for a while after um, Mary died. I always assumed they got in the car and just drove off and like left the town behind. But the way this guy talks about it, he says that um, that John was still working there. So I guess they stayed somewhere for a while and John continued working while doing his like frantic research on like demons and shit he said that john didn't talk about it at first but then said something caused the fire and killed mary and like they all i mean like everyone always just like went with the theory that it was um like an electrical fire in the ceiling or something john supposedly started reading books and like seeing a palm reader who love her the guy says that he he like begged john to like get help when he started talking crazy about it or whatever and Honestly, John and all the Winchesters would benefit from therapy. But y'all not ready to have that conversation yet, are we? So the palm reader thing gets them thinking. They should, like, look up and see if, like, she's still around, any psychic or anything in the town. And, like, oh, them looking at the yellow pages just really dated the episode. Like, (laughs) can you imagine? Like, now they would just Google it, like, psychics in my area. (laughs) Look it up on Instagram. So Sam's reading all the psychic names to Dean from the book and Missouri Mosley catches Dean's attention. I feel like he must have really studied that journal if like that really, if Missouri Mosley caught his attention. But the fact that it was the first page of the journal is like not that like hard to believe that he remembered it. Like that the just the name Missouri set him off. Yeah, because the first page in the journal would have been dated around the time that like after mary died so like i guess he made the he connected the dots i didn't until now but i guess he connected them but the first line in his journal says i went to missouri and i learned the truth and i guess that tracks because what kind of truth 
could he get in the state of Missouri? And again, I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I don't know where Missouri is in relation to Kansas. Oh god, this is not the first episode where I made some type of stupid comment that was just geographically dumb. And I don't know if it's just me, but this episode, like, Dean slash Jensen's freckles are, like, really standing out to me. Like, they are on and popping. So I love Missouri. While they're waiting, um, in, like, her waiting area at her place of business, she tells a man that he's, like, all good with his wife, and then when he leaves, she turns and is like, poor bastard, she's fucking the gardener. And they're like, oh, why'd you lie, or whatever, and she she says, people don't come here for the truth, they come here for good news, and fuck. <laughs> and then I love how, like, she just, like, gets right into it, she's like, well, Sam and Dean, come on already, I ain't got all day. Well, let me look at you. <laughs> oh, you boys grew up handsome. <laughs> And you were one goofy looking kid too. <laughs> and like, I just love her just like shitting on Dean's life this entire episode. She tells uh, Sam that she knows about Jess and John that he's missing. At first, it makes it seem like he's dead. And it's like, she's like, I know about Jess and John. But yeah, her like putting Dean in his place is funny. And like their respective reactions to it. Like Dean is like all taken aback and Sam's like amused. I just sneezed and it gave me a headache. <laughs> This is not going well. Ooh, so apparently um, John came for a reading like a few days after the fire and she's the one who told him about the supernatural. And that's so wild because like if she didn't, like I'm sure he would have gotten, like maybe he would have found it somewhere else. But like she like really put that ball into motion, you know, like she gave him like the key basically. And she felt like the evil in the house when they visited uh because I guess he took her to the house to, like, get a feel for things and try and figure out what it was. And she felt evil, like, straight up. And, like, even years later, like, this is, this is, like, 20, 22 years after the fact, she can still, like, you still see it in her eyes, like, how, like, fucking shook she was and is over how, like, evil it felt in there. So when we cut back to Jenny, she's being sued over the plumber's hand, <laughs> um, which I guess he's, like, uh, well enough to pursue legal action like he's not like incapacitated and like dying over it but like you know <laughs> still really fucked up and I still hate it but um so then Jenny hears a noise upstairs and she leaves the little boy I forget his name um in his little like playpen thing to go like check it out or whatever and he's still at this point even while she's on the phone, begging for juice, like, days later. Because in the scene prior when, like, Sam and Dean are there, I think he's also begging for juice. And, like, either he's got a drinking problem or he's being deprived. <laughs> so, anyway, so she, she leaves him. And then we cut back to Missouri, still talking to Sam and Dean about it. Um, I actually really like the way they go back and forth between scenes in this episode. Like in the earlier scene when her going through the Winchester's pictures is paired with Sari in her room and the fiery ghost coming out her closet, especially now knowing that that is Mary, that that figure is Mary. She's not the one doing this shit, but that was, that's her ghost. So that being paired with her looking at the Winchester pictures and then this scene going back and forth between more paranormal shit happening in the house and then Missouri 
talking to the boys about like the house. Like, I don't know. I like the way I think this episode is just really well done. So yeah, Missouri said that she's been like keeping an eye on the place and it's been quiet. So why now? Like what, uh, like John, Jess and the house, like all happening at once. What does this mean? And then, so then we cut back to Jenny and some, well, not Jenny, to the boy. Some shit let him out of his cage. His cage? <laughs> his playpen thing. Um, and then it opened the fridge for him, which was child locked. And he sees the uh, juice. And before he goes, it climbs in. We hear like the ghost noise again. You know what I'm talking about. But why did he climb in the fridge? Like onto the shelf. He could, he's tall enough and old enough to just reach that juice thing. Honestly, he had it coming. So then he climbs in and sits on the shelf and decides that's where he's going to drink his juice. And then the ghost is like, well, (laughs) you deserve it. And he, or what, it closes the fridge and locks the child lock. This part confused me. Okay. Because when we open up back on this scene, the fridge is still locked and, um, it's from the angle of the playpen, that camera angle. But then it's unlocked again when we get the other angle where Jenny's walking into the room and it's facing the other direction. Then when we show it from the playpen view again, it is locked again. (laughs) So it literally just depends on the angle. But when it really matters, like when she goes to open it, it's unlocked. So, but the, the actress literally pretends, you see her do it, like it's so visible. She pretends to like unlock it. And, like, I love that because, like, even she was, like, this is supposed to be fucking locked. She, like, does something with her hands and, like, you see her, like, put it up and then unlock. I don't know. It's just she she knew what she was doing. The milk is, like, coming out of the bottom of the fridge and that's how she notices that something's wrong. And, like, well, she notices something's wrong because the kid's missing and she, she runs around the house looking for him. And then uh, she notices that he's probably in the fridge. So, literally, okay. I was willing to let it go if the milk was in like a paper carton like that you could just like pop open and like that's how it spilled but it was like a screw on cap so the boy literally had to unscrew the cap to spill milk out of the fridge and then also the eggs removed like to behind him like they were just next to him he had room in the fridge and he moved it like behind him so like a lot of weird things happen in the fridge Uh, maybe it could be explained away by being like ghost shit, but I think it was just the boy because he's, I mean, he climbed in that fridge. (laughs) I won't put anything past him. So of course, while like she's like frantic and finds her son in a fridge, Sam and Dean come knocking on the door with Missouri and Dean, I guess like steps kind of out of line with how he says something and Missouri smacks Dean. Love that. It's at this point when they're standing there like seeing jenny holding her son in the doorway that's the point it occurred to me that there might have been some thought behind jenny's casting like a blonde woman with two kids like there's just something a little mary-esque about her that probably like adds to the emotions that sam and dean or mostly dean are feeling obviously in the episode description we kind of confirm that a little bit that it was like a because they say another young beautiful woman or whatever however they describe her but um it is it is on purpose (laughs) i think it's missouri that like convinces jenny to let them in because like she even though she's like boy can't you see that she's fucking troubled right now so they let she lets them in and missouri is like going around checking shit out with the boys and also we see that missouri has like an industrial piercing and we stand so they go into a room and 
uh, Missouri says that it's like the center of the dark energy in the house, that room specifically. And they're like, why? And she says, because it used to be the nursery. So that's where it all went down. And that like jars Sam and Dean. They literally, they both automatically look up at the ceiling in like such like an unconscious type of way. Like they're almost like they're expecting to see something on the ceiling, which is, oh, that, that's that's heartbreaking. Oh, and the shade when she calls out the EMF, calling him an amateur, and she just walks around touching shit and like get, like getting the vibes off of them because she's like an actual psychic. Which I would have loved her like mentoring Sam, but also when you get down to it, his psychic powers are a lot different in terms of like their origin. In terms of psychic powers her psychic powers and Sam's are vastly different. Probably wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been a thing like her mentoring him. I think even she would have been able to sense that there was something different, which we will get into. I don't know. Is that this season? I don't know. <laughs> I'm ready. So she's, she tells him, she's like, I don't know if you should be disappointed or relieved, but it's, it's not the thing that killed Mary. She said it just feel if, cause it feels different to her now. And of course they wouldn't have been able to figure that out without her because even though the EMF is picking up like activity, they wouldn't have had any way of actually knowing what it was or wasn't in relation to Mary's death. And as she's walking around, she says, not it, them. There's more than one spirit. (laughs) Side note, the girl's got a big ass closet, the little girl. Which I guess was also Sam's closet. Ooh, and like I love like her description of this. The spirits are, are there in the house because of the evil that happened to the family in the house. She said evil leaves wounds and wounds get infected. So so the house is like a magnet for paranormal shit now, basically. She says the poltergeist is one spirit, but she can't make out the second. Wink wink. And even they're like, oh, but I, I know who it is because I've seen it a million times. But do, are they thinking the same thing? Like, are they like, could it be mom? Cause, or is that like a complete turnaround surprise in the end? So they start planning shit where Missouri is and she's just telling them like what to do. So like while they're like planning um, how to like take down the poltergeist, she says that once the spirits know what's happening, it's going to get fucked because like they're going to retaliate. Oh, I wonder, is this the first time someone's moved into the house since... In 22 years, because I know that they rebuilt, had to rebuild some of it because of the fire, but like that doesn't take 22 years. Um, unless it's like an issue with funding, but that'd be like a hella issue. So I don't know, was, did any of us ever live there before? Because she said she kept an eye on the house and things were quiet. So again, that begs the question, why now? And I don't even know if we ever get an answer to why now anything was happening. Because it's not like um, American Horror Story Murder House where like it was like a, a continuing, a continuing, continual thing, f- continuous thing. What the fuck? <laughs> for um, like for the house to be haunted. You know what I mean? Like even though it's a little, it's like a lot different, the context behind Murder House like it carried on for each resident it didn't just like stop for 22 years and then all of a sudden it picked up again you know what I mean so I'm I'm still unsure of why that is so Missouri sends uh Jenny and the kids to the movies while they work on the house and they just start getting started they just get started and already shit starts like fighting back to them um and can a poltergeist be in three places at once I don't know 
all I know is that uh, Sam gets choked with a wire, knives get thrown at Dean, and like a shelf or something is thrown at Missouri. So, uh, so somehow Dean ends up like escaping, like whatever's after him, and does his shit. And then he he goes to help Sam, but like he when he gets the thing in the wall by Sam, why does the shit get like cast out so dramatically? Because, like, I know it ain't over. Like, having seen the episode, I know that it's not over at that point. So why was something cast out like that? I mean, she said there was more than one spirit. Does the poltergeist count as also more than one spirit, like, in one? So it's multiple things at once, and they just didn't get all of it? And then, plus, like, Mary being in the house also was, like, another extra spirit. I don't know. I don't know the full, like, lore on poltergeist. (laughs) Oh, And when, like when Dean goes to Sam after he gets the wire off his neck, it gave me flashbacks to the season two finale. I know that doesn't make sense now, but you know what I mean if you know what I mean. Like, the way he was hugging him, that is something. Missouri seems to think that it's over, but Sam is not as sure, which, again, is interesting to me because she is, like, a powerful psychic, and Sam's psychic powers stem from something a little different, so how is he sensing it? Hmm. (laughs) So, uh, Jenny comes back from the movies, and somehow the timeline doesn't make sense in this part, because they were only in the house like a few minutes before they got it, and then they're standing in the kitchen, like, looking at the mess, and suddenly she's home. So did we miss, like, a whole bunch of stuff where they, like, were still doing this stuff? I don't know. They made it seem like, they made it seem like they walked into the house, after she left, uh, did the shit that happened where like they're getting choked out and then they get the things in the wall and then it's gone. And then they walk down to the kitchen and all talk about it. And then Jenny comes home, which doesn't make sense because they saw a fucking movie. So I'm guessing there was a little bit in between where like things happened where they were still fighting off the poltergeist. But I don't know. It didn't add up to me. Oof. And <laughs> I just, I love... I love uh, the way Missouri talks to Dean. Don't you worry. Dean's going to clean up this mess. Well, what are you waiting for, boy? Get the mop. And don't cuss at me. <laughs> I just, I fucking cannot with this episode. It, it just has so much that I love. So they left and Jenny's reading um, a parenting magazine in bed. <laughs> and they make a point to show her lights, her light go off like, from like an outside view of the house and you can see that her window is the window that she was banging on in the dream so we're making connections also she's wearing the clothes that she was wearing in it in the dream so as she's like about to go to sleep the bed starts shaking and here we go it ain't over man um and like thank god sam and dean are outside like we gotta love sam's instincts in this moment uh because dean's like why the fuck are we here and like Sam's like, mm, I I feel some. So then Sam's looking at the at the car like as they're staking out her house, and he sees her in the window. And I, oop, as they like jump, they like fly out of the car to go get to her. And Dean yells, "Grab the kids, and I'll get Jenny." And ugh, Dean taking authority like John, <laughs> John Winchester. So while that shit was going on with Jenny, we see that the fiery figure was coming out the closet again. So Sam. So Dean goes to get Jenny, gets her out, and uh, gets her out of the house, and Sam gets the kids, and Sam carrying the kids, like, Dean, oh, I was crying. <laughs> Honestly, truly, 
then what makes it even worse because he carries him out like dean carried him out as a kid and what makes it even worse is that he says take your brother outside and it's it's the same it's the same line and that fucked me up especially since there is no way sam knows that line that's just you know what i mean like it's not like he heard the line and is repeating it we know it because we've seen that flashback so many goddamn times already it's the iconic line take your brother outside as fast as you can now dean go so we he says that and then um the minute the girl goes to grab her brother uh he sam gets sucked into the house and the door slammed and bitch (laughs) Oh my god, and like the sheer panic when Dean's like, where's Sam? Just knowing that he's in the fucking house. So Dean runs um, back in, and he's like axing down the door and shit, and uh, there's just something about like Sam, the jolly green giant, being tossed around the room, the kitchen, like it's nothing. (laughs) Because we know he's tall. So then he gets like held against the wall by like an invisible force and he's like stuck against it struggling and then fiery binge comes out and i my notes just have crying emojis i was just it was so much emotion (laughs) so dean eventually gets in and like he like goes into like protective mode and stands in front of sam and he holds like a gun up to the fiery figure and he's about to shoot and sam says don't and like oh and he goes i know who it is I can see her now, and I, it's just so, I'm having, I have the chills, like, all over my body right now. It is so fucking emotional. <laughs> and then the fiery figure turns to, um, Mary, ugh, and then Dean, like, puts down the gun, and they're both just, like, ugh, looking at their mother. This is just such an emotionally charged scene. <sighs> she goes up to them, and she, like, says their names. And, like, I think she touches their face or something. And she says, I'm sorry to Sam. But, like, the way she says it... Because, like, every time someone says, I'm sorry to Sam, it's usually followed by, you know, Jess, I heard. And she says, I'm sorry, and looks at him with this look. And he says... I I, I don't know if he says, for what? and I think he says, for what, in this scene. And she just kind of, like, looks at him, like, Sam, I'm sorry. And I always assumed that it was the sympathy thing about Jess, but is she actually sorry? Because I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> is she actually sorry because of what happened to him? Or because... Is she... Okay. Is she actually sorry because because of what happened to her? And, like, I can't give spoilers, but is that... Like, if you know what I'm talking about, is that why she's sorry? Like, that fucked me up. Like, did they know that that was early on this early on in writing the show did they know that that was gonna come up in a few seasons you get out of my house i'm gonna go with my son her power and then oh, jesus they they saw her go up in flames again when she like goes up against the evil spirit and like they look so disturbed like seeing it but she got him she got him she got the the evil spirit oh what actually fucking broke me like i know i've been saying that whole this whole episode breaks my heart but this fucking destroyed me when dean looks around and and says mom under his breath oh my god literally like it's just it's like the most emotion we've seen out of him and it's so it's like so fucked up because it's like this childlike 
thing to it. Like a kid who just lost his mom in a store. Like the, oh my God. Anyways, after that, um, emotional mess, Dean, uh, we see Dean outside the house, like, going through the childhood pictures that Jenny gave him. And then he talks to Jenny about, like, thanking her for the pictures and stuff. And we see Sam sitting on, like, the front steps in Missouri, sits down next to him and says, yep, no spirits. And I love her, but didn't she say that before? <laughs> and then, ugh, and then the way Sam, he, Sam responds, he says, not even my mom. And the way he says it, I gotta go. I gotta go. It was, uh, <laughs> so sad. She explains to him that her spirit and the poltergeist energy canceled each other out sounds like a math problem <laughs> uh and she, but she destroyed herself doing it and honestly mary said mary said to the poltergeist you're canceled <laughs> and then sam actually like really for real asked why would she do something like that like bitch you know why she was saving her sons what do you mean and then missouri says to sam i'm sorry and like that's like a running line in this episode everyone's just apologizing to sam <laughs> And, uh, but she says it's because he sensed it when she couldn't, that it, that it wasn't over. And he asks, what's, he says, what's happening to me? Uh, he is baby, <laughs> but Missouri doesn't even know. And she's the psychic. She doesn't even know what's happening to him. And like, oh, I, I miss this time in my life in particular watching this and like wondering what the fuck is going on with sam like remember when that was like a running thing oh my god like that's like that was like a whole ass plot in the show just wondering what the fuck's going on with sam and just revisiting that like i like i like it makes me wish like i like you know when you watch something and you want you wish you could go back and experience it for the first time like fresh in your head that's how i feel about this because i just like the mystery behind it and being like what's going on <laughs> and like i kind of miss him being like psychic boy even if it does lead to some fuckery in the future <sighs> so they go to leave and missouri says uh don't you boys be strangers and they said we won't but lie detector determined <laughs> thought you a fucking liar because the next time we see her is not for a, a very very long time which i so wish that she would have been a more integral part of the show like i wish she came in and out of it as like for guidance in a lot of instances i could be mistaken but i think i read i'm gonna be, end up just reading all the things i talked about in this episode but i think i read on the imdb page that she was supposed to come back and forth on the show but then i think she got signed to gray's anatomy right after and couldn't i could have i could totally be making that up honestly but um i would have really enjoyed her being more part of the show than she is oh and then missouri goes back to her place and she walks in and she just starts talking to someone and oh my god she's like saying she's talking about the boys and then she goes he has powerful abilities why he couldn't sense his father i wanted to scream is john oh and he oh my god so he's just sitting there and this is the first time we see him in real time like not a flashback this is the very first time john makes an appearance on the show oh my god my neighbor is walking by my window and i'm like yelling into a microphone can he see me i'm literally gonna die <laughs> this is not a neighbor i'm friendly with either 
telling you this, but oh god, he's turning around. Oh fuck, he's gonna see me. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Okay, he's leaving. <laughs> that was really uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, this is the first time we really see John, and that's so fucking crazy to me. Uh, like this feels like a moment in history that needs to be remembered. <laughs> he asked Missouri about Mary's spirit, which is interesting because she we saw her come in and just start talking to him straight up. Uh, and she only said like one thing. So did she call beforehand and be like, yo, I'm coming just so you know, I'm Mary's spirit was here. Or maybe he just assumed that her spirit was there. Oh, then he, then he looks, he looks down at his wedding ring and that, that hit because like, we know how much he fucking loved Mary. Despite his parenting choices after her death, he loved Mary and the boys, but he loved Mary. But why did he ditch them? Like, he actually, technically, because, like, all right, why did, like, why leave and go off on your own? Like, what sense did it make? What was his reasons behind it? But, technically, he only ditched Dean, really, which is even worse, because Sam was already in college. He, him and Dean, they were together. They were family and, like, stuck together no matter what for however many years of Dean's life. Dean doesn't know any better not any better he's like it's not like he's like a child but like he doesn't know any different from just being with his dad and he really just up and left his kid like that and ditched him especially without sam being with him you know what i mean like it's not like they were together the three of them and he was like all right you guys just take care of each other i'm gone like that gif of of the guy doing the peace sign and then he disappears that's john (laughs) um i'm definitely gonna tweet that (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's just even more fucked up because he only ditched Dean, technically, really. Oh, my God. And then Jenny says, uh, Jenny, what? (laughs) And then Missouri says, John Winchester, I could just slap you. Why don't you go talk to your children? I need to use that clip every fucking episode. Literally, I'm going to clip that out. That's going to be like a staple on this show because how many times do I talk shit about John and just want to slap him? She says, why don't you go talk to your children? Fucking right? Like, why doesn't he? And he says he wants to, but he can't. I don't know, man. And he says, not until I know the truth. And I just realized while watching it that does he mean the truth about Sam or the truth he's been after all these years? That's the question, because like we know something's going on with Sam, we need we need to know the truth behind it. But is he trying to find is what he's referring to the truth about the monster or the truth? Oh my God! There's a dog outside that looks like a bear. Oh my God! So big and cute. Oh my God! Like I genuinely thought that was a bear. I don't live in the woods. Don't know why I thought that. There's a leash attached to the dog. Um, but yeah, why? What what truth is he specifically referring to? They're both related, no doubt about it. A side note, John Winchester's love language is whack. Like, no doubt he loves his kids, but like, sis. So that is the episode. <laughs> um, let me see. Did I miss anything on the old IMDb? Oh, hmm. In terms of people... In the show, in the episode, I thought I recognized Jenny from somewhere, uh, which uh, her name in real life is Kristen Richardson. But as it turns out, it is the classic case of, I think I recognize this person from somewhere, but it's actually because I've seen this so many times and that this is the show I recognize her from. <laughs> Same with Loretta Devine, who played Missouri Mosley. 
but she, I think she actually was in something else that I've seen. Oh, she was in an episode of Glee one time, but I I wouldn't recognize her from there. I think on Glee, I definitely recognized her from this, though. The only one that I found specifically interesting was the girl who played Sari, the daughter. Um, her name in real life is Ginger Brooch, and she was in, get this, <laughs> The L Word one time. <laughs> when I started mentioning who in the cast has been on The L Word, I, I was like, you know what? I was like, this is kind of stupid because like, it's probably only the first couple episodes that this happens in. And I thought it was going to like make me come off as like a, like a fanatic of the L word. Like I remember all these people. I do not. Um, but now it's just like weird because <laughs> I think we're nine episodes in and I'm like pretty sure like eight out of nine of these episodes, there has been at least one person who guest starred on the L word. So that is so weird to me now. Like, it's it's getting weirder as it goes on. I thought I was just being weird and crazy at the beginning, but now this is, like, actually getting weird. So, there's that. I, I'm, I have no idea. She played someone named Haley. No idea who that is. I don't even remember the episode. It comes up under her known for, which is kind of interesting because she, I guess, she did it, like, two years after Supernatural. Oh, did her name not always, was her name not always Ginger Brooch? Because it seems like her name was Haley Page at the time. It seems like after she played Haley in the L word, her name changed from Haley Page to Ginger Brooch. That's fucking wild. I don't know. I don't know anything about this girl. But it's uh, the L word was like the last thing she was in in 2007. And then now she's on. she was in like a show called Totally Normal in 2018. So that's interesting. Like I said, no idea who this girl is. She was only in... She wasn't, she was in a lot of things from 2001 to 2007. And then she kind of just like fucked off for a little bit, which is fine. Do you girl? Um, this turned into a different thing than it needed to be. So as for trivia, oh yeah. The number, the number in this episode that John said was Dean's number in the answering machine, the 866 number, uh, for a long time was an operational number with voice recordings by Jensen Ackles but it's no longer in service. <laughs> Unfortunately, I so wish it was still in service because then we'd, we'd hear like baby Jensen speaking to us in the future. That's wild. I wonder how long it was in service. I don't think I, I think I looked that up and I couldn't find it. If any of you have ever called that back in the day, please let me know. I'd love to hear what it said and everything. <laughs> this is the first, it, another trivia thing it says. Is this trivia? says trivia um this is the first episode to explicitly state that sam has some kind of psychic powers i guess they're not counting bloody mary i guess they're calling that kind of like a coincidence or like just guessing that psychic powers at that point but at this point in time, this is the first time they explicitly said uh he's got abilities the symbol banging monkey is a reference to stephen king's novel the monkey first published in 1980. Yeah. Uh, I've never read it, but like I said, the, the monkey reminded me of The Conjuring instead because I've seen that recently. This episode has no deaths, and I think all the other ones at least had like one in their body count, and this one had none. And only, it says only one major injury, sis. <laughs> a major injury is a major injury no matter what way you spin it. <laughs> oh yeah, it is the first episode in the series with no fatalities. There's no police presence, so 
that's something, I guess. <laughs> While the show uses mainly Canadian actors, which also, by the way, I found out earlier that the pilot was the only episode that was filmed in Los Angeles. The rest of the show, like from that point on, was film- is filmed in um, Vancouver, Canada, which... I, I've known for years that it's been filmed in, filmed in Vancouver, but I, I guess I didn't think how long. It's interesting that, like, the second episode on, they were like, yo, Vancouver, what up? <laughs> um, but while the show uses mainly Canadian actors, Jenny, who lived in Kansas, was played by Kristen Richardson, who was actually born in Kansas. Wow, in the promotional material for this episode, this episode was called The Journey Home. Wow, can you imagine if that was the name of the episode? That's, that's fitting, it's a fitting title, but like I've always just known it as home, that's interesting. I keep saying that's interesting after everything, but like I'm genuinely like amused by this stuff. <gasps> Whoa, I don't know why this doesn't come up under spoilers, I guess because it doesn't, it probably doesn't, won't mean anything to anybody, but... As Sam is drawing the tree from his dream at the beginning of the episode, Dean says, A fishing trawler found off the coast of Cali, its crew vanished. This is a possible referral to Benny's season 8 nest working off the coast of California. They couldn't have known that far in advance that they were going to write the character Benny into the show and have that happen. I guess... In season eight, they could have been referring back to this. And like maybe they were alluding to this possible case that they never end up actually going on. Maybe they were alluding to it being a vampire case. And then in season eight, they were like, yo, remember that time we mentioned California for 0.2 seconds of the episode? It says it's a possible referral. So maybe this is just someone reaching, which is me in every instance. (laughs) Huh. I wonder when this was written on here. Because on the trivia, it also says when Dean calls his dad's phone, the audio has John's voice saying Dean's phone number was 866, but the captions display 785, and the area code 785 is Kansas. So that's curious, because I wonder if someone wrote this after the Netflix thing was released, because I don't think the the Netflix subtitles are the same as the DVDs. I have to find that out. I'm not going to do that right now, but I might later. There are at least three Stephen King story references in this episode. The first was in the beginning when Sam like tells Dean about his visions and Dean calls it his shining, which is obviously a reference to the shining. And then next was the monkey clapping toy and when the plumber's fixing the garbage disposal reference to the monkey. And then the third was also a shining reference when Sam's trapped in the house and Dean uses the axe to chop his way through the door, followed by a shot of him looking through the hole in the door. I almost said like, here's Johnny or something when I was talking about it before, but I didn't. When the poltergeist appears in the closet and the little girl is on the bed, there's a clown hanging from the headboard, all referencing poltergeist. I'd love to watch that movie again. That freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid, but I honestly... I'm into it. I've already talked about this. I love the ghosty shit. (laughs) When Sam expresses unease about the house being poltergeist-free, Dean says, why? Missouri did her whole Zelda Rubenstein thing. The house should be clean. This should be over. Zelda Rubenstein played the diminutive medium in the 1982 supernatural horror film Poltergeist. Oh, here it is. This is the first time we see Dean express vulnerability and strong emotion at the prospect of returning to Lawrence, being in his old house, feeling lost as to what to do, trying to reach his father, and finally confronting his mother's spirit. (laughs) Like, this is a strong emotional episode for Dean. Like, this... 
that might contribute to why this is like my favorite but also both of their parents are in it like specifically speaking like and not just in flashbacks dead or alive um and uh it's just it's so and like we get into sam's psychic powers like again the emotion of the entire episode like there's just so much happening that i am like i'm here for him oh shit okay i was i didn't imagine this and i remembered it 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 like actually like really added to it um however it was originally planned for oh it says however because the first part of this is kind of a spoiler it's about her returning um years later it was originally planned for missouri to be the boy's ongoing advisor slash parental stand-in but devine took on the regular role of adele weber on gray's anatomy this opened the door for Bobby Singer to be added to the family. Holy shit. So would Bobby have not even been a character if Missouri stayed on the show as like a running like parental figure? How different things would have been? Like, I mean, I guess you can't say that they wouldn't have written him in, but like her being a parental figure for them kind of takes away like the spice of Bobby being like their surrogate father which we haven't even met Bobby yet. Oh my God. (laughs) But like, that's crazy that if she, she was supposed to be that figure for them. But I guess it is a little bit different because um, Bobby grew up with them. Like they grew up with him being the parental figure in their life as kids. So it is a little bit different. Um, Like where they already have this established connection with him, whereas they're just meeting Missouri for the first time here. But that's fucking insane that her not being on it opened the door for Bobby. I think I might leave it at that. Um, I don't have much else to say. I could probably talk about this episode for hours, and I think that's what I did. (gasps) Oh my god. I don't know how this is going to edit down, but I'm pretty sure I've been sitting here for like two hours now. (laughs) That's fucked. Um, if you have anything to add to this and you want to cry with me over this, you can tweet me, follow me at so get this pod on Twitter and or you could email me. My email is so get this pod at awl.com. For some reason, this part always gets fucky for me, like having to tell you where to find me online. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how to say it. It's so simple. But anyways, if having to add on this on anything else, uh, you know, get at me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this emotional roller coaster. Me screaming about this emotional roller coaster. Honestly, if we, I should rank episodes, but I'm really bad at that because I don't. I never know what type of like rating to give it. Like on Gilmore Guys, at the end of every episode, they would. Oh, I don't think they always did it, but they would rate the episode out of like five stars. I feel like that would be a really good thing to do on here, but I'm not going to because I don't know how to rate things. I'd be like, I don't know, but it was still good. It's still supernatural. So five out of five. Uh. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I'm going to go take a nap. Thank you for listening. Uh, bye, guys. Take your brother outside as fast as you can. Don't look back. Take your brother outside as fast as you can. Don't look back.